Well, yes, you're listening to Two Smoking Guns again, but I've got to tell you a little message. We're going to take a little bit of a break over the summer period, but we're going to cobble together some shows. It'll be the summer series, the best of, or the worst of. We're just not quite sure. We're not quite anyway, sure what they're going to be. Anyway, uh, we will be back, but have a safe and wonderful Christmas, and thanks for listening to Two Smoking Guns. Guns, uh, and uh, this is just going to be craziness today because we're, we've got so many different things. But first of all, I have to start. Rutsy, hello to you. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Well, you know, we're, we're echoing a bit. We're in a new studio today. Yes, we're, we're trying something a bit new. Uh, we're not quite sure how, uh, how that might roll out. But, you know, we, it, it, it's the rawness and the, yes. the, the spontaneity that we're looking for. That's I mean, exactly right. You know, there's no coin coming this way, mate. So <laughs> this is just all about pure enjoyment. And, uh, and we hope that our listeners... Uh, uh, however you're receiving us uh, by way of uh, a podcast or whether you might be hearing us on the radio potentially and, you know, just uh, sit back, relax. It's uh, it, It's been a, an interesting day, I, I suppose we could say. Well, it's um, been an interesting week. It's been an interesting um, week in, all I around the country. To, so, yeah, you know, yeah. we've, uh, we, we had been unlocked for uh, uh, quite some time now recently while the rest of Australia just went into... Uh, a, a spiral downwards. Hmm. Well, look, you know, it's been a great weekend. Yes. I don't know, I don't know when this goes to air, but, you know... <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't really matter, but um, I not... want to talk to you straight off the bat yes. about my pride as an Australian. Right. Well, so yeah, I watched, you haven't done that for oh, a while. Well, I watched, I watched Ash Barty. Ah. And I watched her win Wimbledon. That'll, that'll do it. And uh, funnily enough... Yes, we were at a dinner party, right? Dominated by English people, right? And there were a couple of Aussies there, so we they were ready to go, and you know they had the music going, and they were right. ready to party, you know, because they're all yes. they were pumped, right? And ready for their big Monday night, <laughs> Monday morning thing that didn't quite work out for them. It didn't quite go to plan. So the Aussies sat down. We sat down and watched Ash, and the first three games just went like a blink of an eye. Yes. And, wow. Yep. And then eventually they realised there was something bigger than, you know, the latest uh, dance track going on and yes. 20 people sat down and cheered her home. And wow. Was, I'm glad I was there and I'm glad I was full of wine because um, <laughs> it was a late finish. <laughs> had, had I been on my own on the couch, I would have nodded off. Yeah. Because it didn't well, get finished and done until about one third. It's, um, I'll tell you what I took away from it, and I didn't, I, I can't say I actually, I didn't see much of the game itself, but I've, I've seen the you know, the snippets sort of post-game, I could see her emotion once she'd won, mm. it'd been 40 yeah. years, she's wearing Yvonne Gulagong's uh, dress, or, or certainly yeah, a replica that, was, a nice that was done, was a very yeah. nice touch. But for me, it was just about the humbleness of this uh, magnificent athlete. Yeah. Um, it, and, and I could just see, uh, and I, you just have to assume that 99% of the crowd were, was probably British because no one can travel and go and see it play anyway. Well, that's right. I would have thought. Um, but I could see how much they had embraced her, mm. how much they enjoyed her demeanour and her... Just the way that she goes about things, the the recognition of her opponent, um, you know, the fact that she acknowledged Gulagong by saying, "I hope I've done you proud," yeah, um, you know, and thanking all of her team. And she always talks about team, yeah. talks about everybody in her camp and what we achieve. And it's all about the collective. And I reckon there's a couple of blokes that um, have played for this country that could just sit back for a second. And take, even if they took one page, one leaf out of her book, <laughs> they'd probably be 85% better overnight. 
anyway. She's but, impossible not to love. Uh, she's just a beauty. She's a star. And, um, you know, and to think that uh, probably not so many years back she was playing T20 cricket. <laughs> and she was pretty good at that. <laughs> Which she's pretty good at that. And apparently, and apparently part of her warm-up, she takes the she takes the Sharon and she gives that a bit of a kick around too. So you've got to love this girl. Um, she plays golf off scratch. Oh, does she really? So clearly not a sports person. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to call out one other great female effort um, that occurred on the weekend, which is Jamie Carr. Yes. I don't know if you follow the thoroughbred uh, racing. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you probably know me better than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, well, is the answer. And um, some of my shekels follow, who, uh, follow her mounts too, well, <laughs> so you, to speak. <laughs> you could have done worse than just bet on Jamie Carr for the whole Season, and you would have made a lot of shekels. I reckon you might have done all right. So on Saturday, obviously, she, for those who know, she made history yes. by becoming the first jockey, male or female, yes. to ride 100 city winners in a season in Victoria. Yes. Um, bet, beat Brett Pebbles. Prebbles. Prebbles, yes. Uh, 99.5. <laughs> I don't know what the point five was, anyway. As opposed to Bam Bam Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> But she's not just the best female jockey in the country. She's the best jockey, jockey. in the country, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's like it's yeah. an amazing effort. No, it won't be beaten ever again. She's a superstar. But uh, one of the great racing riders uh, put it best. She said, as magnificent as Ash Barty is, yeah. she doesn't have to beat Roger Federer. Uh, no. Right? No, <laughs> so, that's right. So she's beaten all comers, right? Yep. And um, I love this piece of racing parlance because you know... Yes, we've, we've, we like our racing parlance. Yes, we do, and we've we've worked, yes. worked through a few of those. Ridden upside time. down, <laughs> yeah, ridden upside down. Prefer others, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Must and, um, harder. This is um, this is from a leading trainer, Mick Price. Who, yes, who put yeah, Jamie on, on the back of a few of his yep. his horses. As you would. and I'm going to read this paragraph out. And Please do. You might want to then interpret this for me. Okay, so I'll, I'll give it a I'll, go. I'll start. Okay. I think um, I think that's why Melbourne races are so muddily run, because too many jockeys jockeys are dictated by speed maps and not let their horses flow in rhythm. Jamie Carr takes the muddle out of a lot of these races because she bounces sweet, yeah. and if it's a messy race, she is there to do whatever she wants. If it's fast, she'll back on them. If it's slow, she's forward on them. I think she just rides her horse. Yes. Please explain. Yes, well, uh, if I extrapolate part of that out, I mean, in terms of bouncing, you're sort of getting out of the gates well right. and positioning yourself. So mm. they'll talk about horses that, that today will go and lead from the front mm. and sometimes they, they prefer to settle back and then run on, as they say. Right. Um, muddling race can be you can get a bunch of horses that over race and then one thinks that they've got a tack under the back of that and therefore um, what they would then refer to as the speed map because they look at some horses and go well they actually do some of their best work between the 600 and the 1200 in a 1400 metre race um, you know, and, and uh, that's when most of their best work can be done. So a muddle race is just when things don't seem to really go to plan. Is it, but is it, she doesn't get involved in that is what is what they're saying, is that right. she just lets her horse do what she's feeling at the time and what she thinks is the right thing to do to navigate her way through that race. Well explained. If sir. that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, it but made, she, it, it made sense to me, and um, I'll, well, I'll look forward to getting your tips on the weekend. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, when you when you did talk about no other jockey had done it before, there yeah. is a bloke, and, and forgive me because the name escapes me now, but I, it might be Craig Williams. Hmm. But um, the previous closest that uh, somebody has got, would, I think, was Craig Williams, 99 and a half. No, it was Brett Preble. Oh, it was Brett Preble. Oh, was Brett Preble. Right, no, beg so, your pardon. Well, so, there you go. So, so, I just said that. so he had 99 what? and a half winners because one race was a dinner. So he's he lost by half a race. Well, she's still got a couple of weekends well, to go. And, and the, what they're saying is they've actually, I think, I think one of the big betting agencies has already paid out on her to take the Jockeys Championship. And there is still five weeks to go. Well, she's so far ahead. So, of the, yeah. so they've just gone. So, um, I don't, I'm not encouraging uh, gambling. 
No, you all. just gamble responsibly. But if you, That's okay. If you want to just make money, yeah. just back Jamie. Yeah, just, <laughs> just follow the just follow the girl. She's follow just the, I follow oh, her on the weekend. And again, when red, you talk, red Santa one by a short half head. When, <laughs> when you talk about humility and and humbleness, yeah, she's and a star. she's just she's right up there with Ash Barty for exactly all of the same reasons. And I I think when they surely. If they've got their demeanour fixed and under control when they're not performing, yeah. I think that then is just part of their DNA when they are performing, mm. um, of which you, you, they, they just seem so natural. Yeah. No, she's a star. So a couple of great efforts there, I thought, yeah. no. on, on the weekend. Well, well pointed out. And um, Well pointed and, out. Um, and our little saints are making a little bit of a fleeting oh, well, comeback. They're, they're, they're sort of, you know, they're sort they're of hard a, to predict. a bit up and about at the minute. They've yes. won their last three. Um, it was uh, it was a pretty good win last weekend, I've got to say. Oh, um, yeah. That was very, very nice to watch over the uh, over the Lions. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of hard games coming up, but um, they, one of the scribes in yesterday's uh, rag was um, just keep half an eye on these half boys because if yeah. they if they really click into gear, um, they're capable of almost anything. Yeah. But they've got to be able to, to, be able to do it consistently. That's the thing. Now, Scotty, so. uh, this this caught my eye through yes. the week. Yes, and this is a little thing I'm calling flaky fish allergies. Yes, you were mentioning something so, before we came to air. Well, I don't mind a bit of flake. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of flake. If you're yeah. having the fish and chips, so that's gummy shark, though, isn't it? Right, flake. Shark. Gummy shark, yeah. Yeah. Well, you That's could have caught your own here last week <laughs> because there was one down here in Amsterdam. Apparently, a three footer. <laughs> anyway, um, some people apparently are allergic to fish. Yes. Um, you know, that's fine. That's fine. But there's a study at Epworth Healthcare and they're testing whether they, the, the, those people that are highly allergic to um, fish can safely eat flake. Right. Right. So, flake might be our saviour here. Yes. So what's happened is the theory they've got yep. is that bony fish yeah. have a different protein structure compared with, and I'll get this right, cartil, cartilaginous fish. As, a, fish so cartilage as, opposed to, as opposed to bone. Including gummy shark. Yeah, so right. Fish with bones versus fish with cartilage. Right. Different protein structure. Right. So they've recruited um, 35 young people, yep. like preteens, yep. and they've tested them. Under medical supervision, yes, they're giving small amounts of flake, like an eighth of a teaspoon, tiny, right. tiny right. amounts, and then they gradually double the portion every half hour um, and, until they reach a full serve to gauge their reaction. Right. right. So far, every single person has passed the test. Nice. Right. Good. So um, there's a young lad yep. who, who was the first enrolled in the trial. He said it was daunting given he'd been told to avoid eating fish all his life after suffering his first allergic reaction, which right. if you've ever had an allergy, you know, your throat, itchy mouth. Never to, never to a food, must I say. Yeah. But he's, since, he's passing, since he's passed the test, he's eating flake at least twice a week. Good on so him. he's off down to the fish and chip shop. So was he Grilled skin- flake, <laughs> minimum chips, two steam dim sims, <laughs> and two potato cakes. <laughs> two, two, two potato cakes. Was, was he scared of turning into that that famous girl that we know, anaphylactic? Anaphylactic, <laughs> yeah. correct. So I thought that was uh, interesting, and well, I think that's, that's good. Isn't it interesting to know? That's good. That flake, yes. which we all thought was a cheap version of fish, yes. it could be a lifesaver. Could be a lifesaver. And it could turn their well, life around and open up their food horizons. <laughs> Um, I, I always thought, and clearly I must be completely mistaken, I always thought that the issue with gummy shark was that it had mercury in it. Right. That there was some, there was some form of something a bit nasty. Right. And I don't, you know, that's not mercury as in thermometer mercury. Not Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I, I think it was sort of part of the biology of the makeup yeah. of the fish. Yes. but. I always thought it was some sort of a mercury type of thing that people had a problem with, uh, which is why they didn't like gummy shark. Oh, mate, I've been eating it for uh, 150 I've been years. on a Friday. Yep. yep. Not that I'm yep. that way religiously inclined. Nah. But 
Fish and chips. Oh, mate, fish and chips on a Friday. Yeah, it's yes, just, 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 just bang it out. Absolutely. Bang it out. <laughs> we'll bang it in. Steamed. <laughs> beautiful. You know, I have mine grilled. I don't like batter so yeah. much because I'm a very health conscious yeah. man, as you know. <laughs> so I double it up with two potato cakes <laughs> and two steamed dimmies. But I don't have to fry it. Two slabs of beer. <laughs> and six cans. Uh, six cans. <laughs> yeah. But I'm health conscious. Six cans, your honour. Yeah. Um, the other thing that caught my eye through yes. the week, and I, this is just a little lovely story too, um, about spelling. Oh, yes. Um, well, we like our words and our oh, yeah, portmanteaus. Have you ever and, done a spelling bee? Uh, no, I just remember doing a spelling test at school, yeah. you know, but a it's long like time when you ago. you play Scrabble, you know, you yeah, can make but, words yeah. and stuff. No. So I caught, I saw, you might have seen this on the uh, television. There's a young lady in America, young girl, 14. Um, she's the first African American to win the a spelling bee contest of America. Yes, which has been going for a hundred years. Mark. Yes, her name is Zayla, and she's from New Orleans. She jumped for joy after correctly spelling the spelling the following word, yeah. which is a genus of tropical Asiatic and Australian trees. What? Uh, it's called Maria. 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 Right. So as they as they do the spelling bee, this is what they say: Maria, a genus of tropical Asiatic and Australian trees, Maria, and then she has to spell it. She has to spell the word Maria. And she spelled it M U R R A Y A and one. Wow! Boom! Glitter comes from the sky. Yeah. She goes. What's the gold stuff? She wins fifty thousand dollars as a fourteen year old. Get out of town! Get Shut out of the town. fridge! Correct. She had already um, spelt correctly the following words, Scotty, and I want to give these to you. Yes. Have a crack. <laughs> I, might, I might just listen if that's all right. Query, querimonious. 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 Right. Q. Yeah. Clearly. Q. U. E. R. I. M. O. N. I. O. S. Querimonious. Yeah, that'll do. Don't know what it means. Yeah. Right, give me the next one. Solid ungulate. Solid ungulate. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to go ungulate. Uh, um, undulate or ungulate? Ungulate. Okay, S O L I D U N G U L A T E. Congratulations, you're through to the fourth round. Wow, here we go. And apparently, um, Nepeta. Nepeta. Uh, uh, what about any P H I T E? A. No, you just no. It's N E P E T A. But anyway, you made it through N-E-P-T-A. the fourth round. Well okay, N E P T A. Right. But I imagine that for a young lady, that's Nepta. N E P T A. Nepta. Um, that would that would be nerve wracking. Yeah, fourteen. Imagine how many times a night her parents would be throwing words at her and she'd have to spell them. Yep. You know. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Sort of. Um, no, that would be a bit daunting. A bit daunting. Now, you and I are both fans of a, of a said TV show, no names, no packed rule, but, you know, where they ask lots of questions about all sorts of things. Mm. I'll tell you what I noticed the other day. Sorry, this Mastermind? is just... Mastermind? Well, no, it's something like, you know, who, want, who, the, who wants to win a couple of shekels? Who, earns, who wants yeah. to win a shekel or yeah, two? Yeah, a shekel or two. Right? Which is a multiple choice by, show. Um, by Alan Everywhere, you know, yeah. who's on TV, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I get staggered by, and I... You know I like my numbers, right? Yeah. You know I just like working numbers out. And I hated numbers when I was a kid. Yeah, but, you, you did. Know, later in life, I, I've, yeah, I, th- I thrive it. on it, right? And I'm always looking at ways that you can work things out in a different way. And I'll tell you, some other countries have got us covered like there's no tomorrow, I'll tell you. But the thing that I get staggered by are all these adults, because they're all adults on this particular show of all ages. Oh, is, on the who wants to win a couple of shekels. Yeah, who wants to win a couple of shekels. Is the amount of times you get a mathematical problem yeah. and they've got absolutely MFI. Is that right? Which is no flippant idea what, how to work it out. I mean, there was one the other night. You know, what, what, was, uh, what is a, a quarter the same of in terms of a percentage? 25%. Well, that'll do. Yeah, tick, boom, you know, check waiter, please. Um, then, you know, what's 40% of 60? Well, you that, know, that would be, well, you take 60. Well, and you divide, <laughs> this is how you do it on letters and numbers. Yes. You take 60 and divide it by 10. No, you don't. 
Well, yeah, do. go on. Well, divide, I do. Yeah, okay. And that's six. Then you multiply it by four, so it's 24. Yeah. So how about six times four? That's 24. That's 24. It's the same. So do percentage is just purely multiplication. Hmm. Or division. Or division, potentially. Just another way of looking, another way of looking at it. True. But I get staggered by some of the most simplest of mathematical problems. Um, so I don't know whether you know what sort of schooling they had, and I'm sure that their schooling was fine, but we seem to be a very, very long way behind some other countries that um, absolutely smash us when it comes to mathematics. But anyway, there we go. So um, then I'll leave you with the, um, the final piece of this little story. Yes. Is that Zayla, who won. Yes. Uh, her surname. Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, what? She doesn't know how to spell it? Well, <laughs> well she, they should have asked her to spell her surname. <laughs> Give it to me. It's avant-garde. Oh, avant-garde. With a hyphen. Oh. A-V-A-N-T hyphen G-A-A-R-D. Wow. G-A-R-D-E. G-A-R-D-E. Yeah. But the, in, in breaking news. Avant-garde. Avant-garde. Eh? Oh. What does avant-garde avant What does avant-garde mean in French? Oh, great question. Um, Someone will know. Is it a is it a descriptive term or is it a noun? Oh, avant-garde. Well, it's probably the same thing, a descriptive term and a noun, I guess. But avant-garde. you're very avant-garde. Is, it, is that sort of regal? Is it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you, maybe at some stage you can find Doctor Google and just uh, run it up the flagpole. Avant-garde. Anyway, that's all good. Hey, can but I tell best, you? But the best thing, just wait a minute. Yeah, go on. Uh, avant-garde. Uh, yes. Hang on. Um, avant-garde. Yes. Uh, new and experimental ideas and methods in art, musical literature. Oh. Yes. But her father, Zayla, her yep. father's name was Jawara, which yep. is fine. Yep. You know what his surname was? Uh, Smith. Space time. <laughs> space time? <laughs> oh, come on. Jawara. Jawara space time. What were Mr. and Mrs. Space time thinking? Well, they were thinking avant-garde. Well, who, and who the hell were Mr. and Mrs. Space Guard to begin with? Oh, my goodness no, it's me. It's a great story, but it gets better when you mention the surname. Oh, goodness me. Anyway, well, that, 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 talk, that caught me. Well, I'll tell you what. Given that you've, given that you've uh, launched, uh, pardon the pun, <laughs> but launched with space. Space. Why don't, because we had the same little topic we were going to oh, talk about. Why don't we look. have a chat about uh, yes. old dyslexic mate who's just about gone to the moon? <laughs> Dickie. 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 Branson, billionaire Richard Branson reaches yep. in brackets space. Yeah, we'll, talk well more let's about have that. a chat about that in his own ship. So, yep. swashbuckling billionaire, swashbuckling, he's yeah. a pirate now. Yeah, Richard Branson hurtled into space. Oh, there's only there's the only way you can go aboard. You his have own to hurtle winged rocket ship because if it doesn't have wings, it can't steer. Nope, bringing astro tourism. A yep. step closer to reality and beating his exceedingly rich arrival, Jeff Bezos. Yes. 71-year-old Branson and five crewmates from his Virgin Galactic yep. space tourism company yep. reached an altitude of 86 kilometres over the New Mexico desert, enough to experience three to four minutes of weightlessness and see the curvature of the Earth. Then they glided back to a runway landing. How good is that? So you're saying they went 86 kilometres, right? Yes. So it's 86,000 metres. Yes. So that's 240,000 feet. You're all the maths, man. So normally a jetliner would probably cruise at about 30 or 40,000 feet. Correct. So it's, he's gone six times higher. Yeah. Now, uh, the other part is because they said he's gone to space. That's not uh, – in my book, that's not correct. Yes. He's gone to the outer limits of the, the atmosphere. atmosphere. Because in order, if he's gone into space, it would mean that he would have to go through re-entry. re-entry. which means that he would have to have a lot of covering on the nose and the wingtips of said aircraft. Correct. Otherwise, he would end up like a kebab on a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, just cooked. Um, so, but well, anyway, I mean, did, not though, taking anything just away. Just so that you understand. So I take your point. Yeah, go on. But he goes past what's called the Kármán line. Yeah, right. Which is 100 kilometres above Earth, right? Yeah, okay. That's where Bezos wants to go. Branson didn't go there. Right. The, the NASA, the Air Force and the FAA and some astrophysicists yes. consider the boundary between the atmosphere and space to begin at 80 kilometres. 
So he, so he potentially so he has just, gone. just ticked over that. But then, obviously, so where's the point of re-entry then, where things burn up? Higher. Much higher. Mm, much is higher, it? I believe. Okay. I, I might, need to, I might need to research where is re-entry. But did you know no. that Virgin Galactic <laughs> has 600 reservations? Do they really? For From would-be space tourists yep. with tickets initially costing... Give me a... I thought they were about two fifty thousand. They're two fifty US, which is yep. three thirty. Yep, Aussie. Yep. yep. So then I notice that there's a a, a Melbourne dad. His yep. dream of rocketing into space takes a giant leap closer when Dicky did what Dicky did. Yep. Dick did. <laughs> He's, did he lives, this bloke lives in Templestowe. He's a father of three, yep. and he's waiting for his time. He yep. won a seat. Yep. He didn't pay for it. Yep. He won a seat on a flight to space in Virgin Australia's ultimate flight upgrade competition in 2014. How's that? Good for him. He won it. He doesn't have to pay the shekels. He's a banker. Well, that... And soon to be astronaut. <laughs> um, he's, he's ready to go. Right. So given he hasn't paid, where do you reckon he is in the queue of the 600? Uh, 600 601. <laughs> 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 or 5.99. I love his app. I, I love his optimism. He said, um, space, it brings out the kid in all of us. It's quite exciting. I'm hoping it goes without a hitch. Yeah, we need three kids. I would have thought so. Think of how just a suburban dad from Melbourne could one day be the next ordinary person going into space. I hope I end up next to Katie Perry or Angela Jolie. You bought the wrong ticket, mate. If you want to get to sit next to them, you've got to go to the Oscars. Because they're not going to space. They're at the Oscars. So he's a bit confused, this, this bloke. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, I'll tell you his biggest problem because I've just worked this out. The amount of times that they actually have to go up. What age is him, please? This what age? Yes. Can you, give me, can you give me an age? Tipping 50s? Three kids? Um, any uh, any reference to um, his, um, say his age? Um, he's 38, I'm going to say. Th- 38? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. So, uh, so they've worked out that it'll actually take 50 years <laughs> to work through all the people on the list. So he'll actually be 88 <laughs> when yeah, he goes well. to space and then he won't qualify because he won't make the medical. <laughs> Sorry about that, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, that, um, that but is, apparently... That is, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how close that might be, but anyway, because uh, Dickie gave away two more seats this week. Did he? Yep. He's just Dick gone right over. There's a couple of seats there for a couple of punters, so have a crack at that. Now... Well, you know what I want to do now? Yeah, what? Because yeah. he almost went to space. Oh, you're, you're, gonna... you're, you're claiming he didn't. Yeah. But, but I reckon it gives us a segue to a song. You're going to give us a break, aren't you? You're going to give us a break. Yeah, good. Have a listen to this one. Huh? What do you reckon about this one?
I love Bowie, mate. Oh, huh? He was uh, was he ahead of his time? Oh, do you think, he's, Mr. He's Bowie? He's a star. He's a star man. Yeah, he was a star man. Yeah, he, he was, was a star very, man. He was I a remember. Star. Um, I remember going to see him yeah, up in uh, Queensland somewhere very, very long time ago. Good it was in some place up in Surface Paradise, some sort of famous joint where they used to have live the bands jet, and the Jet Bar. Oh, or I don't like, know. No, it was a big. It was a bit like the Palais, you know, no. down here. Jet Club and Cool and Gabba. Yeah, well, I don't know. Mate, it was a long time ago. <laughs> that, that part of my memory, gone. <laughs> Not coming back. Now, but I um, do remember seeing you. Now, we, we spoke earlier in the show today about yeah. gummy sharks. Flake. Yes, we did. But I'd like to take you through this little gem. Right. Scotty. Yes. In relation to sharks. Yes. Okay. Um, so this... This is hot off the press information. <laughs> yeah, this really tickled your fancy, it this one. It did tickle my fancy. So Australian officials have said that shark attacks will yeah. be rebranded. Oh. Yes. They'll be, now be called negative encounters. Negative encounters, <laughs> really? Is, little wake, is this a PC call? piece? It's or a PC oh, woke bit. This is PC. Australian again. officials said that shark attacks will be rebranded as negative encounters or interactions. In, oh, so, oh, I've had a negative I've interaction, a, I've lost my leg. I've had an interaction. <laughs> as part of a drive oh, to change their on. image as a man-eating monster. Oh, well, what are they, yeah. a, a, a giraffe-eating monster? Author- authorities <laughs> will also now refer to bites yes. um, rather than attacks. Oh, or just a mere flesh wound. In sort of Monty Python style, is it now? As part of the drive to encourage more people to go to the beach. It's just a scratch. <laughs> An average of five people are killed by sharks each year, while humans kill more than 100 million sharks annually. Yeah, well, that's a food chain, mate. Flake. Yeah, flakes. Fish and mm. chips on a Friday. What do they, what do they expect? So I'm going to do an exercise. I'm going to go back and watch Jaws, the movie. Oh, yeah, it's a ripper. And Richard Dreyfus, who was the... Police chief at Amityville, <laughs> Amityville, correct, and see how many times I can insert uh, the word negative encounter into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> only, only to be outdone by I think one of the best lines in a movie of all time. 
I better get a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a great oh, movie. It's worth watching oh, again. Mate, I tell you, I can, I, can, I, I can tell you I was about 12 oh, when I saw yes. it. So that's and a how couple tish of scared were you? Mate, oh. I, uh, my, my, my father took me and we went to the forum in the city. Yeah. And mate, I was under his left arm oh, when the yes. head fell out of that boat. You know, oh, yes, and you know, <laughs> I wasn't quite ready for that. And no. um, I don't reckon I had a bath for about four years. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> now, in well, terms I doubled, of, I doubled down. Actually, I, oh, I doubled well, down on that. I went to saw in when I was on holidays. Yes, I went to saw to see Grizzly. Ooh, Did you oh. ever see Grizzly? No, I don't reckon I have. It's a story about a couple of blokes that go and hunt a killer. Brown bear, bear, yeah, who's about twenty five foot tall, yeah. looks like Godzilla. This bear, I'm tipping they come off second best. And possibly. there was this fantastic scene yes. where this guy's on this horse, yes, and he comes um, up to the bear. The bear rears on its rear paws yeah. and legs and swipes at him and takes the horse's head clean off. Oh, really? <laughs> and I oh. Think I think that bloke went, I'm going to need a bigger horse. <laughs> I'm going to need another horse. <laughs> uh, no, no, I was scared grizzly. of forests for years yeah, after that one. You wouldn't. Needles on the ground. <laughs> Pine needles. And Brown bears, no good. Hey, I found a fantastic little piece uh, the other day. And it's sort of, um, it's not PC, but it's cool. just a very uh, interesting twist on things from right. the 1950s and yeah. what uh, what people, because you and I weren't even born in the 50s, but uh, what they ate in the 50s um, and what that food potentially is deemed to be now, if I can step you through some of these. Right, okay. Um, Take me through that. A bit of history. So so there's there's 24 of them, so we might go a couple of minutes here, but it's very entertaining, I I hope you'll find. Um, Number one, Mm. pasta was not eaten. Pasta. Pasta was, was not, not eaten. eaten. What was what was it? What was done to pasta? Uh, I don't know. It just wasn't eaten. Well, you're right. I tell you why. Chinese. Be a lot of Chinese no, consumed my back parents, then. Indian, who were immigrants. Yes, you know, England and New Zealand. They wouldn't have had a lot of pasta. I don't they know. arrived in um, Australia. Meat three veg. No, that correct. And yep. they arrived in Australia in the early. Late 50s? Yes. Early 60s? Yep, that's right here. And right I was wheelhouse. born in the early 60s. That's right. And in the mid-60s, as a treat, I was taken to Leo's Spaghetti Bar. Oh, well, there you go. Which but only, but very, in the 60s, it like a very, decade later. Correct. It was a very early place that, saw, that served pasta. Yeah. Do you remember... Um, do you remember... Uh, pasta and meatballs. Do you remember Popper's Pizza Parlour on the corner Pizza. of North Road and South oh. uh, in the Nepean Highway? I do indeed. Yeah, fantastic. Yes. Okay, um, moving on. Um, Curry was a surname. <laughs> 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 Number three. A, a takeaway with a mathematical problem. <laughs> <laughs> a pizza was something to do with a leaning tower. <laughs> yes, yes. They wouldn't have had pizzas back Crisps in the Crisps were plain. Crisps. The only choice we had was whether to put salt on it or not. Crisps. Crisps. These are so chips, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, rice was only eaten as a milk pudding. Oh, mm, how, was, how good was, was rice it pudding? spotted dick? Um, I don't know. You better see a doctor rice about that. With sultanas in it. <laughs> yeah. Spotted dick, if I'm. Yeah, no. Maybe, big, I'm, maybe I stand corrected on that. A Big Mac was something we wore when it was raining. <laughs> or, 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 or a big bloke called McKinsey. <laughs> Brown bread was something only the poor people ate. Ah. Yeah. Or slang that? for dead. Oil was for lubricating, fat was for cooking. Yeah, well, I used to there use. You go. Yeah, well, I used to. I recall that because my mother and my yeah, grandmother. Goose, goose fat or something was. Well, they used to just collect the fat. fat. Yeah, that yeah, the big what, the, just all the um, white like you get the, the, the off the top of the soup, the tish that came off the thing, yeah. and they used to collect it in cans and then melt it. To, yep, hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Now it's called ghee, I think. Oh, is it? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, tea was made in a teapot using tea leaves and never green. Oh, there was no tea bags back no, then. No, you had no. to have a pot of tea. Yeah, you had, had to. Have, you had to pour it in with the tea leaves. With the tea leaves, had, and you had to let it sit. They had to settle, and then you had to use the strainer. The strainer. Yes, correct. That's real tea in China. Yes, 
Well, even in, yeah. into China. Yes, well, like that's true. And stuff. Um, sugar enjoyed a good press in those days and was regarded as being white gold. White gold. Cubed sugar was regarded as posh. We used to pop a cube of sugar yes. into your tea. Well, that's right. And it was very posh, apparently. Posh. Here's the best one. Uh, I'd love this one. Fish didn't have fingers. Because <laughs> 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 that. And here's a. He's probably rival. Here's one. When do you the, reckon John West fish fingers came into the. John West reject. That'd be in the, the 70s. The John probably. West reject. Um, here's, you, this is going to tickle your fancy, this one. Eating raw fish? No. Was called poverty, not sushi. <laughs> not sushi. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, none of us genius. have ever heard of yogurt. Yogurt. No. Yogurt. No. Um, healthy food consisted of anything edible. <laughs> <laughs> People who didn't peel potatoes were regarded as lazy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, fair enough. Um, Indian restaurants were only found in India. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cookie outside was called camping. That's right. No barbecue. Uh, seaweed was not a recognised food. No, no. no <laughs> I had right. seaweed the other day. I love it. Um, <laughs> kebab was not even a word, never mind a food. Kebab. <laughs> kebab. Kebab was um, like, like a Batman comic. Kebab. Kebab. Kaboom. Kebab. Uh, prunes were medicinal. Wow, you had to prune juice. Kept you regular. <laughs> Just to keep you Just going. Just to keep you regular. Um, surprising, uh, surprisingly, muesli was readily available. It was called cattle feed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when water came out of the tap, if someone had suggested bottling it and charging more than petrol for it, they would have become a laughing stock. Correct. How correct I'm is that? And the things that we never, ever had on our table in the 50s and 60s? Elbows and phones. Oh, elbows. <laughs> Get your elbows off Get the table. Get your elbows off the table, Jeffrey. Oh, <laughs> so how good's that? that? That little list of all those things that were perfectly normal back in the 50s, um, like that. that they were all sort of turned on its head and, they, you know, things like brown bread only for the poor and... <laughs> You know, the Big Mac was just a raincoat. <laughs> oh, I like it that, was mate. very entertaining, I thought. Yes, well, I'm going to come back at you with, with one. Yeah, go. And this has been going around social media, which wasn't a thing back in the 50s. Yeah. I don't know what social media yeah, was I back in the 50s. I don't even really think there was media, let alone social. Correct. <laughs> but this has been doing the rounds, this one. And oh. I just thought I'd, I'd get on the zeitgeist. Oh, okay. I'd get on, I'm just surfing the zeitgeist. Oh, you're, oh, you're having a zeit surf. No, I'm having a zeit surf. <laughs> I don't have a hoverboard. Right. But this is a, um, she fell in love with a dot, dot, dot. So I'll give you the first one so you get the gist of this. Yeah. She fell in love with an IT specialist because he knew how to push her the buttons. buttons. Yes. Yep. She fell in love with a shoemaker and he walked out of her life. That's oh. These ones, right? Yep. So she fell in love with a trucker because she knew she was in for the long haul. Oh. So these are kind of like dad jokes. They sort of are. But there's a couple of good ones. Yeah, right. She fell in love with an optician and he made a spectacle of himself, which I didn't mind. Um, she fell in love with an artist and got framed. Um, she fell in love with an archaeologist, but he kept digging up her past, which I didn't mind, uh, which was quite good. Uh, he, she fell in love with an Uber driver and he took her for a ride. Oh, and she fell in love with a trainer, but it didn't work out. <laughs> She fell in love with a caterer, but he, he brought a lot to the table. Uh, she fell in love with a violinist, but soon discovered he was just stringing her along. Oh. Yes. She fell in love with a fireman and she got burned. Well, the other one for the violinist was that he just wanted to have a fiddle. <laughs> well, Possibly. She fell in love with a weatherman, but he was too unpredictable. <laughs> My dentist fell in love with a manicurist. Unfortunately, they've been fighting tooth and nail. No. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Very good. She fell in love with a butcher, but he didn't meet her expectations. Uh, uh, she fell in love with a masseur, but he rubbed her the wrong way. Rubbed her up the wrong she way. She fell in love with a land surveyor, but she didn't measure up to his expectations. She right. fell in love with a baker and lost all her dough. Right. And she fell in love with a chiropractor and became well 
adjusted. And the last one. She fell in love with a lawn care specialist, but the grass was greener on the other side. Right. So I just thought those amused me slightly through the week. A couple of those. No, very good. Now, uh, here's something uh, that has amused all of us for a very long time. Um, is this particular chap that for a very long time, and he's now 78 years of age. Is he? uh, And he arrived in Melbourne in 1956, age 21. And he's been selling the worst looking, smelling and presented furniture I've ever seen in my entire life. Is this Magalo Magalo? This is Magalo Magalo, Franco Cozzo. Franco Cozzo. So, Franco, um, someone in their wisdom or, or other frame of mind that is probably the complete opposite of that, no, just kidding, um, someone's actually going to make uh, or have done uh, has made a little um, film. Well, I tell you about, about Franco. And I think we talked, we talked about this uh, a about few this, months back. We talked about this last year. Last year, yes, I think we did. There was, was a rumour going around, well, wasn't there? That the, there was the a recording. Why we talked done. about it, but apart from the excuse to say, completely the flank of Cotswolds, for his glance in the for his and Magala, Magala. Apart from the excuse to say those things, yes. It was going to be in the Melbourne International Film Festival last year, which was another COVID casualty, which is now going ahead. Yes. After this latest... We think. Lockdown, allegedly. We think. <laughs> but it's a great story. I'll let you tell the story, and, well, uh, but it'll, it'll be worth going to see. There, uh, there's probably not a lot to, to tell you other than um, he's quoted as saying, I don't mind a movie, uh, I don't mind a movie about me <laughs> <laughs> at all because this is who I am. This is who I was, Kotso 78 said. Kotso. It's a true story of an immigrant who arrived in Australia with no penny in his pocket and today still no money in the pocket. <laughs> no, it's all tied up in it's, $8 million worth of shares and a better real estate portfolio that makes Donald Trump look like a, a poverty pack. Yeah. Um, palazzo di Kotso. Palazzo. It's a palazzo. Um, uh, made that's the name of the film, by the way. Yeah. Uh, made by Melbourne filmmaker Madeline um, Martiniello. Martiniello uh, tells a rag story, uh, but with the businessman's well-known shops in Brunswick and Fortescue. Yeah, <laughs> his famous Megalo TV adverts that are definitely riches. Cotso, um, as I said, arrived in 1956, age 21. I love Melbourne from the first day I got here. He said, Cotso chose the furniture business because it's gentle. It has more to do with the family people. Today, Cotso and his stores are institutions. They for, are. and I, yeah, I have, For I have, the insane. For, <laughs> if, you, if you've seen the furniture, oh, it's an acquired taste. I'm proud to come from nothing say. and be famous, he said. And the Melbourne International Film Festival runs from August the 5th to the 22nd. And, and look, there is a... It, apart from using him as the marketing tool, yes, um, it's a story about Italian immigrants yep. coming to Melbourne, which is a particularly uh, unique phenomenon. Yep. Phenomenon, phenomenon, phenomenon. Yep, um, phenomenon. and a good one because they brought a lot to Australia. Hundred percent. Um, pasta being one, which you mentioned before. <laughs> pizza. Uh, pasta. Well, stop, being a, stop being a stop being a leaning building. <laughs> Hardworking immigrants, post-war immigrants, come out on the ship. Um, set up, you know, a whole bunch of bunch of stores, restaurants, all that sort of stuff. Ligon Street wouldn't be Ligon Street without them, all that stuff. Westfield wouldn't exist. All that, correct. Yeah. So that was out of the back of the truck it's a in story, the western fields It's a story about that, and there's some pretty good archaeological footage yeah, about, right. about all that sort yep. of stuff, which which is all in black and white, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but it would be interesting to But go. Franco's colourful anyway, so... Frank. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> maybe it's something we should get along and see if we're actually allowed out. <laughs> we could do a bit of um, research. We could, we could do research. research. We, we, could, we could go and um, do a review. Yeah, we could do a film a review. review of we could Frank be like... Um, who are those two? David and Margaret. 
<laughs> and then we, get, then we go to Ligon Street and go and have a pizza. <laughs> and we, yeah, yeah. Didn't Ligon Street and, go uh, off the other and, morning? And we'll, we'll get some the uh, World Cup. We'll, we'll get some Italian wine and we'll have a swill of that too. Maybe well, the non-alcoholic one that we talked about. No, bugger that. Italian <laughs> yeah, right, really we're going to go straight for the and top. And then we'll have shelf. a gelato. And a, oh, you love your gelato. So yeah, um, we've only got a few more minutes. Yeah, left, I thought Scotty. we might be uh, running close to the wind. I would have thought so. so um, I want to hear. I'm, I'm going to give you a quick. Quick one, but can you tell me about this treadmill story you've got? Oh, yes. I want to hear about that. I can. So um, amongst all of the uh, mirth and and mayhem today that we heard around um, another lockdown, lockdown 5.0. 0.2A, subsection 9. The best piece I heard was, and the first thing that caught my attention was um, the fact that they were talking about a piece of gym apparatus uh, apparatus. Right. Um, but I was thinking, well, how can the gyms even be open, right? So I would have thought they'd just be closed. Did they have a like, gym in the 50s? A gym? No. Yeah, gym neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have. know. Only Maybe pr- it would have been like a boxing gym. Only in prison. You know, one of those old-fashioned <laughs> yeah, boxing yeah, gyms. Yeah, they go and slug it out. And yeah. they're just skipping rope. Or and, like you know. somewhere where Mario Milano might have gone to practice yeah. his wrestling. Yeah, it'd, just, yeah, it'd be one of those sort of gyms, one of I reckon. Sort of yeah. gyms, yeah. There'd be a couple of weights in there. Yeah. But, you know, but boxing was the piece, yeah, I reckon. Boxing. Anyway, um, the, the thing that I heard was um, they were talking about treadmills. Treadmills. Yes. And um, they said, now, uh, part of the uh, lockdown restrictions are um, treadmills must uh, have a limit on them. And that's not what, a limit. In terms of, of a weight limit? No, that's not a weight limit. That's not a number of, um, uh, uh, of the treadmills that can be used at any time. That's not the total number of people that could use it across the journey. Right. That's the top speed, speed that it's allowed to go so that people don't pant too much and breathe on each other. <laughs> I did. Oh, was this um, seriously? Was a story out of South Korea or something, wasn't it? This is here. I was here. These are our gyms. So you can't pant. So you're just going to keep it down, turn down, so that you don't get too hot and sweaty and breathe <laughs> and splutter on someone and give them COVID. Oh, hey, my God. The top speed, Six but... kilometres an hour. What would the top speed of a treadmill be? Oh, about 25 clicks. Because don't they, I've only been on them a few times. I don't frequent gyms a lot. But they, they go fast and then don't they incline? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you can like yep. run uphill in, in effect? Yeah, you can do the whole incline piece. And, and what, and, what do you yeah. reckon their top speed would be? Well, I reckon it might be about 25 clicks. I mean, uh, I've been, that's I've, pretty quick. I've been on one up to about sort of 14 or 15, and you, you're hoovering along it, at 14, 15 and clicks, and I'll tell what, you. What happens if you trip? You just go, bing, boom. <laughs> you, you face plant and roll off the back. <laughs> now, I've, I've often wondered about treadmills. Do you think AFL umpires jump on a treadmill and go backwards just to practice? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but they face the other way, right? That's just right. to make life they interesting. Run backwards. <laughs> just to practice their running backwards. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, I've about that. Very good. So, uh, that's, that's, has time crawled us again? No, time might have crawled us again. Uh, um, hey, um, it's going to be an interesting uh, little time by the time the viewers yeah. um, or the listeners um, see this. I hope they're uh, coping okay. Yes. With all the Look nonsense. Look after yourself. If oh. you need a test, get a test. If you need a jab, get a jab. Yeah, yeah, la, la. Um, you know, all of all of the above. Yeah, I know it's a bit of a weird time, but um, all we can do is keep laughing. Yep. Keep supporting each other. We'll keep finding keep crazy fight. stuff to come and talk about here on Two Smoking Guns, and uh, we hope you get, uh, get a little bit of a giggle about this, and uh, you know, just get a little bit of fresh air when you can. Look after yourself. Yeah. You need to go and get in the in the water. Magalo, like, magalo, magalo, magalo. Franco Cozzo. Complete the Franco Cozzo. Uh, the sponsor of this show today. The sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Thanks right. for listening. So yes, Two Scotty. Smoking Guns. Good on you, mate. Good. <laughs>